Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is August 29th, and we'll be talking healthcare. I'm your host, Christine Hargis, and I'm joined by Fool.com contributor Todd Campbell via Skype. Todd, welcome back from vacation. How was it? It was great. Um, I, I went to Seattle, took the family to Seattle. My son is living out there right now until early next year, so I figured this is a great opportunity to go to the West Coast and enjoy some fantastic coffee and uh, visit some of their breweries. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Well, yeah, what... just a quick shout out to anyone living in the Seattle area. Went, uh, Fremont Brewery and was just phenomenal. Awesome. I, that's one of my favorite things to do when I travel is go to different breweries. It's always like a good local crowd. You can talk to the the people that actually made the beer. I just It's one of my favorite things to do on vacation. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, so it was a great time. Uh, get a little hazy though, you know the um, the wildfires in California. Um, you know the the cascades were trapping on a lot of the smoke, and uh, and that was a little bit of a bummer. We weren't able to get a really good view of Rainier or um, you know really or from the Space Needle or anything. It just you know just too overcast. But yeah, that's too bad. Well, sounds like you had some good indoor fun. Yeah, next time. I'll do those things next time. You'll be back. Anywho, so today's episode is going to be all about 3D printing. And of course, because this is the healthcare show, it's application to the medical industry. So let's start with a quick primer about the technology. It's kind of cool to be talking about this again, right, Christine? I mean, it's been <laughs> been a few years. Yeah, since, this, uh, this probably sounds like a blast from the past. And for potentially some investors, it probably is a painful memory. Um, I personally got a little bit burned on 3D printing stocks. But this is a technology that kind of had the cart in front of the horse um, a few years back, especially with a lot of these stocks with crazy valuations. Um, and that bubble more or less burst. But it's still a technology that is being developed. It's pretty cool. It's starting to have some really legitimate applications. And of course, it has some stuff that it's working on in the healthcare industry. Yeah, there were a lot of drawbacks to, you know, the early first, well, the, you know, a little 3D printing history, right? So the first 3D printers were launched back in the 1980s. And, you know, the patents, um, one of the first patents ever, you know, recorded for this technology was actually done by one of the companies we're going to talk about later in the show. Um, so, you know, the technology has been around a while, uh, but the early generation, even, even you know, up through 2010, there were drawbacks to them. I mean, it was hard to uh, construct really complex, um, durable uh, products using these things. And, you know, just to give people a little primer, what exactly is 3D printing in case you've never, you're not familiar with the story? Um, uh, I think it's probably helpful to understand what, how we make things today. Right. I mean, that that can, that can be a good little starting point when we make things today, currently in a manufacturing setting, we're using a subtractive process. So, you know, picture this big block of material. Right. And we're carving that block down into an item. And as you can imagine, in doing that, you generate a lot of waste. You're not using everything in that block. You're only using whatever is going to be remaining for that product. 3D printing turns that concept upside down. Rather than subtracting from a big block, they're adding in successive layers material, one on top of the other, uh, to create some sort of an item. So you can sort of see by flipping that upside down and using a 3D printing model, why it might be attractive to some manufacturers because they're able to look at it and say, wow, if I can reduce all of this waste from my current manufacturing process by using 3D printing in this layer upon layer process, only using what I need in materials, that could save me you know, a lot of money over time. There are multiple ways that 3D printers work. 
you can have um, the material in a liquid resin. You can have the material that's added layer by layer in powder form. Um, the, the, the way that the, each layer is connected to uh, each successive layer uh, may include the use of binders. Um, it could use lasers that um, fuse together uh, to make a durable layer, each each successive layer, uh, or it can use light and heat to cure the resin or whatever the material is to, to, to develop the item that way. So there's a few different approaches to 3D printing, uh, but I think what's really important for people to understand is that this is an, a, an additive uh, manufacturing process um, and that you know the materials that you can use traditionally, typically, are going to be things like plastics, waxes, and maybe metal powders um, like aluminum or stainless steel. Yeah, if it sounds like a very wide-ranging technology, that's because it is. There are super high-end 3D printers. There are also pretty cheap home printers that folks like you and I could use almost like a toy if we wanted to. So really everything ranging from frivolous usage of 3D printers all the way to really important and meaningful use of very complex and advanced high-end 3D printers, which when we're talking about the application to healthcare is really what we're looking at. You know, we're, we're looking at things from bioprinting and potentially making human organs to making personalized prosthetics. There are so many different ways that the medical field is using 3D printing. Well, I think one of the things that's most intriguing to me in the application of 3D printing in healthcare is the ability to generate customized products for each specific patient. And what I'm thinking about there, I mean, just let's use prosthetics as a starting point for that discussion, right? So, you know, you, each individual person is going to have slightly different bone structure, joint structure, whatever. And it's going to make their gait slightly different, the way they stand slightly different, the way they carry their weight, everything. Currently, you know, the way that we produce prosthetics isn't, you know, we, we, we can be pretty good, but we can't be precise. And what 3D printing allows people to do is take precise measurements and analyze um, in a 3D simulation how a person's structure is, and then be able to design a prosthetic that is very similar to what they had previously. And that's that's a huge advance for patients because again, you reduce your pain and you reduce fatigue, you improve quality of life. So that's one example. You can also then extrapolate that further out and say, well, how would it be used more commonly in, you know, in, in medical? And I think that there now you're looking at um, things like hip replacement, knee replacement, you know, joint replacement type surgeries, which are incredibly common and getting more and more common as baby booners stay active and live longer and, and there are more of them. <laughs> and what's really cool about that is a lot of times when you get a, an advancement in quality of care, it's more expensive. You know, we talk a lot about these very expensive cancer treatments on the show all the time. But in the case of 3D printing, it's actually bringing costs down because you're able to do uh, the 3D building of the actual device um, not using this subtractive manufacturing style that is incredibly wasteful of material. Yeah, and you know you could take it one step further too because you're you're talking about improving the entire surgical process because by mapping out each individual patient, you're then able to to create models 
that you can use and do simulated surgeries beforehand. You can um, create surgical guides that are specific to each patient, which can speed the surgery and reduce recovery time. I mean, theoretically, you know, there's the people are, are developing systems now for knee replacement where you could go in in the morning and come out in the afternoon in just an outpatient setting because of the ability to, to have these advances in the way you do surgery. I mean, you're also seeing 3D application um, because of, you know, there's the integration there, of both the software, right? By doing the modeling with 3D modeling, you're then able to produce the 3D product, right? So the 3D modeling produces software, the software is put into the printer, the printer prints out the device. Well, at each step there, you're able to create advances in the procedure that can improve patient outcomes. And I mean, I, you know, just to go back quickly to the, to, you know, the use of say 3D printing for hip cups and hip surgery or surgical guides and knee replacement surgery. I mean, that's a major, major market. You know, we're doing over 300,000 hip replacements in the US per year right now. And we're doing, you know, over 700,000 knee replacements per year as well. Yeah, and this can also be used to train surgeons, so not even just specifically for, um, you know, Todd Campbell's hip replacement, uh, you know, practicing on an actual model of his body, but if you're in school and just being able to work with really, really good replicas of the human anatomy is very, very cool for uh, ramping up surgeons even faster and with even better experience as they train. Um, Absolutely. Creating those models, say, of your heart, if you've got a complex surgery, a complex case, you can, I mean, especially for these dangerous surgeries, you know, having that model ahead of time and being able to, you know, experiment in your surgical process beforehand, that's that's pretty transformative. Yep. There are also uh, devices being made as well, uh, particularly in dentistry. You see dentists being able to make retainers and dentures and crowns all to spec for that specific patient and being able to do it faster and cheaper um, and with more precision. Uh, hearing aids is another big one. You can make better hearing aids that are really custom suited for the patient themselves. And that is a huge market as well. Yeah. The dentistry is probably one of the most I'd say that's where 3D printing has become most penetrated. Um, it, you know, they, they've made huge advances in that. You know, and as a side too, you know, you can use 3D printing to create the, the molds and, and stuff to help with, you know, clear aligners for orthodonture work. Um, you could use it for to help create dentures, to help create crowns. You know, if you look at just, you know, the dentures market, there's 37 million people uh, that are expected to be wearing full dentures by the year 2020. Again, an aging population uh, playing into greater demand for, for dental products. Yep. One more that I want to mention is bioprinting, which is recreating human body parts like blood vessels and organs that, while the technology is not quite there yet, could one day replace something like an organ transplant. That's a fascinating concept. I think we're, we could be decades away from that. Um, but the, the, the concept is fantastic because think about that for a second, right, Christine? You're talking about eliminating the wait list for transplants. Yeah, that is absolutely incredible. So there are applications of 3D printing in healthcare that are currently out there and being used a lot. And then there are ones that are kind of a dream. They're a little bit farther away. Bioprinting is definitely in that latter category. But as an investor, there are ways that you can already get into this space. So one stock that we wanted to highlight is 3D Systems. Their ticker is DDD. 
Yeah, DDD is the company that I alluded to earlier on. It was founded, um, you know, back in the early 90s. And the founder of the company actually was one of the first filers of patents for 3D technology. And they offer printers that kind of span the entire range, you know, either working with powders or working with liquids, using light, using lasers. And, you know, they're working on it both from an industrial, taking it from an industrial perspective. So, for example, creating these huge 3D printers that can be used in manufacturing anything from, you know, aircraft parts to to whatever. Um, and they also have a um, um, make personal at home printers as well with the goal of, of one day being able to, you know, allow everybody to have one of these printers in the house. And if you break a glass, you can just create your own glass uh, by pressing a button. Um, one of the th reasons that we're talking about 3D systems today is because uh, over the course of the last, mm, call it eight years, they've been spending a lot of money on doing acquisitions to turn themselves into a big player in 3D printing for healthcare. And as we stand today, healthcare represents or accounts for about 35% of their revenue. And importantly, it is driving their revenue growth. So it's about one third of their business, but the healthcare solutions segment itself grew revenue 26% in the last quarter, up to $61.4 million. And that was really what was behind their overall revenue growth of 11% when you look at the prior quarter. Right. You know, we talk about razors and blades too, Christina, on the show a lot. You know, these, these, the concept of being able to sell some item that produces something that uses a consumable that will drive revenue in the future. And, you know, 3D systems is kind of, you know, has kind of a razor blade model when you think about it, because you're saying, okay, I'm going to sell this 3D printer, but then I also am going to sell you the quote, quote, ink, quote, right? Uh, kind of like HP printers. Um, and, and you know that you use in your home. Okay, great. I bought the printer, but now I have to bring it by the ink cartridges over and over again. And those can be very profitable. Three um, D systems is still. I mean, this is still a very young thing. I mean, I don't think I know anyone who has a three D printer in their home. Nothing that nobody that jumps out at me yet. So I mean, they were still very nascent in the at home use. But we are seeing, you know, the use again pick up in places, you know, industries like dentistry and um, in hospitals for surgery or surgery and simulation. And that's really where 3D systems is making a lot of its money in that healthcare segment. You know, if you look at the 26% growth that you highlighted, um, that helped increase the percentage of revenue that they get from healthcare from 30% to 35%. So you can see it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger proportion of um of the company's revenue and you know with with business growing 26 percent and this being a global business right i mean this is you know you can sell in asia you can sell in europe you can sell here in the u.s not just limited here to the u.s so you know i think this is a, a really intriguing stock if you're interested in 3d printing and you're interested in you know the applications in healthcare this is a good way to play it because you know again they have a, a pretty good presence in in um, in dentistry and, and also in surgical um, simulation and in in models. Yeah, and they are announcing new capabilities. It seems like every single day. One that stood out to me was in June. They announced the availability of a on-demand anatomical modeling service for people in the medical profession. So basically, how this works is you upload a 3D model file to this on-demand service, and you get to pick what material you want to uh, to actually use, and you can receive an instant quote. And within five business days, have that model in your hands, which is pretty sweet. 
Yeah, the on-demand stuff that they're doing too is almost kind of like a, an introduct to get people introduction introduced and and, and um, addicted to the concept of using 3D printing within in their process. And I, I think that's pretty exciting. The other thing that's really interesting and investors will want to keep eyes on over the course of the next year is what whether or not they sell a lot of their latest um, dental. Uh, printer, which is the Next Dent 5100, and the Next Dent 5100 is is being marketed as a much faster and uh, solution that also you know can use a lot more different materials, and that would be important too as far as making durable denture, durable teeth, durable temporary crowns, that kind of thing. And it's worth noting, too, with 3D systems that they're not just doing stuff in healthcare. As we mentioned, that's only one-third of their business. So if you're interested in the stock, definitely check out some of the stuff that they're doing in aerospace and in automotive. Um, they definitely have a pretty wide reach with the application of this technology. Yeah, and with the Symbionics brand that they have, um, that's a, kind of a cool little, that's their simulation, healthcare simulation, surgical simulation. They actually are helping train doctors on uh, robotic surgery using that uh, platform, which is kind of cool, too, because if you think about, we've talked about robotic surgery and how that's gaining a lot of momentum and winning a lot of use, um, you don't want to tie up these the OR, these expensive machines. So being able to have simulated um, uh, robotic surgery systems in place that you can train new doctors on without tying up that OR for that training, that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, that's awesome. So I was previously in a shareholder of 3D Systems, and I sold it after my investing thesis seemed to have collapsed. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I am wary to buy shares again because I got so burned. What do you think, Todd? Is this an interesting stock to you? I've owned it a long time, and it's part of a core growth, long-term growth portfolio for me. I intend to hold it for decades. Um, I have no idea if I'll end up making money on it or not, but I think that you know the, the potential to reshape how we manufacture and distribute goods um, using 3D printing is is massive. I mean, you know, I, I always, when in my brain, I'm always thinking of the, the Star Trek replicators, right, Christine? You know, if the future is on-demand items or on-demand products, 3D printing could help get us there. And granted, we, we're a long way from that kind of penetration. But I think that it's enough of a um, – it's compelling enough to make it warrant a small slice of my long-term growth portfolio. You know, as far as the company in particular, they don't – their profit has been inconsistent. Um, but they don't lose a ton of money. They don't have a lot of debt. Um, so I look at the stock and I say, okay, you know, I think we've rallied from its low, you know, to about 20 bucks, something like that. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's expensive, I suppose, on, if you're looking on a traditional metric like PE ratio. But, you know, three and a half times sales, that's not, that's not horrible for a company that theoretically could revolutionize industries. Yeah, I think the lesson that I will draw out of my failure of an investment in them is just be a little bit more patient. This is a technology that seems very promising, and who knows if 3D systems will be the stock to play the space, but they're doing a lot of really interesting stuff, and I know I'm definitely going to take a look at what they're doing in sectors outside of healthcare as well to consider reinvesting in them. Sounds good. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Today's show was produced by Austin Morgan. For Todd Campbell, I'm Christine Hargis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!